0: Hey, I know y'all miss me. Back with some new hair, okay? Hey, once again, it's your girl, Kyla Coleman, aka Natural Legalista. Welcome to my zone where we break down stories from the headlines with a twist. So, we're just gonna jump on into this. Y'all know how I start with the self care tip. My self care tip of this week is to read a book or at least pretend. Get you a good drink, find a cozy spot on the couch, the bed. If you read in bed like me, you're probably going to fall asleep. So just find a spot on the couch during the daylight hours and pretend to read a book. And I'm telling you, I, it will do something for your spirit. Um, it'll calm you down. You might learn some new stuff. That's what I'm doing.
1: So text messages don't count?
0: No, unless it's a breakup <laughs> text because they do write books in the breakup texts. So, we'll see about that. We'll see about that. So, I want to go ahead and introduce my guest today. His name is Andrew Darling. I really like your last name. That's dope. I appreciate How'd it. How'd you get that? Uh,
2: you know, mom and dad and the marriage and the name mm. thing.
0: Mm-hmm. What is that?
2: I have no idea.
0: Okay. It's so sweet. It's
2: worked for me, though.
0: I'm, it's super sweet. Like, okay, let me just, this is what the bio says, Um, that you ran for sheriff on a criminal justice reform platform, sheriff of which county?
2: Orange County here in Central Florida.
0: Oh, Bill. okay, okay. And because you did that, you could no longer work in the public defender's office.
2: Yeah, that's correct. They gave me uh, basically a choice. is Either you
0: can run for office or you can stay here. Were you the public defender or were you an assistant public defender? No,
2: no, I was still new to practicing law. I was definitely an assistant public defender.
0: Oh, okay, okay. So if you could run for sheriff or you can be an assistant public defender, they really gave you an ultimatum. Yeah,
2: it was the greatest ultimatum I've had because it forced me to start my own firm.
0: Hey, that's what's up. And just between you and I, I'm a former public defender as well. So we were in the trenches together. That's what's up. So how long have you been practicing law? Uh, Since
2: 2019. So beginning of 2019.
0: Okay. Is this a second career for you? Third career? Fourth?
2: Somewhere north of fourth, probably.
0: Okay. (laughs) Okay. Awesome.
1: I mean, look at I mean, look at his handle. I mean, he's got so many uh, <laughs> job titles there. So yeah, no, definitely.
0: Which one came first? Because I see attorney, football coach, and super dad. Which one is first? Uh,
2: so definitely super dad. Okay. Uh, my daughter was born two months after I turned seventeen, when wow. I was a junior in high school. So uh, I've been a parent. Well, at this point now, longer than I haven't been a parent.
0: So professional parent. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Awesome. And then what came next? Coach or attorney?
2: So I coached for a while when I was actually in the Army, uh, when I was still playing football, uh, semi-pro football. I was coaching and playing and then got out of the Army and, you know, did the just life thing to go and you know, got all these degrees and, and paid all this money to all these people. Yeah. Um, and then I had an opportunity to apply mm-hmm. for a head coaching job here locally in Central Florida. and. I'm the head football coach at a high school.
0: That's dope, man. That's a lot of careers that you just mentioned. So super dad, you were in the army, you did semi-pro foo- football.
1: Drill sergeant.
0: Oh my God. And then you just happened to be an attorney and whatever.
2: Which is, you know, it's it's kind of fun now though. Now, now there's a little more focus because I think once you become an attorney, you have to make a decision, right? Like, are you going to practice law? Yeah. Or are you going to do all the other stuff? Mm-hmm. And if you're running your own shop, like we are, you know, you have to make that decision and you got to take care of your baby, which is your firm.
0: Yeah. Cause entrepreneur, that's another title. And you don't really learn about how to run your own law firm in law school. You just learn how to be a lawyer, essentially.
2: I don't know that there's any classes in any school that I've been to that has ever taught me how to run a business.
0: Yeah, period. That's something we should have learned probably back in high school, right? I mean, because we have, if we're gonna work for some somebody that is a business, so mm-hmm. why not teach us how to actually run a business?
2: I learned about business in high school because I used to sell CDs. Of course.
0: Okay, <laughs> now see, now that was not in the description. <laughs> Okay, what kind of CDs? And Was it a mix CD like they would pay you for that, or this is crazy?
2: Both. Um, so, so he I made Limewire. Yeah.
0: Oh remember my God. Song song? Napster.
1: <laughs>
2: Listen, we were uh, ahead of our time. Um, I actually remember going to Sam's to buy a CD burner. Okay, that was like new technology at the time, where you could legitimately just copy CDs. Because my buddy and I, we were the plug in high school like I we were we get we had tupac double discs albums we had trick daddy trick daddy was like our best seller and he don't like bootleggers so oh. uh if something happens where he ever sees this uh i donated all that money to charity uh-huh. or something
0: uh-huh and i see the you on your t-shirt so not only did mm. you disrespect trick daddy you <laughs> went down there to miami wow and went many, to school there many
2: moons later many moons later yeah.
0: yes so you you done came a long way
2: uh, from where I grew up, which is actually not too far from here, um, I shouldn't be where I am. Mm. Plus, you get all the, you know, teenage parent, all those different things. I shouldn't be where I am. Mm-hmm. I I just don't know when to give up, basically.
0: That's what's up. Just keep moving forward. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at it. And I think that makes you a good attorney. Like, when you're coming from a, a creative background or a background where you might not have statistically made it. Mm-hmm. And now, for you to become an attorney, I feel like it probably garners you trust with your clients because you can see mm-hmm. themselves, you can see yourself in them, and they can see themselves in you.
2: Yeah, one of my, one of my favorite experiences when I spent time at the public defender's office was I was representing people who literally lived in the same apartment complex I grew up in. Wow! So I had a gentleman who was, you know, six three, six four, two twenty, two thirty. He's a big man. Um, walking him, you know, out. I mean, this is a you know county case, misdemeanor case, nothing super serious. Mm-hmm. I'm walking him out to the elevator and he's like, he's like, yo, Drew, man, I appreciate it. I was like, man, what's up? He's like, I ain't never had nobody fight for me. I was like, and I never had had anybody from where I'm from to fight for me.
0: Oh my gosh. I want to give you a hug. I'm going to hug this microphone. That's not. Nah, that's for real. That's a high compliment, especially as a public defender because it's a thankless job sometimes. It is. So if you have somebody like literally tell you thank you, I don't know the outcome of that case, but to just thank you for that, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Listen, can we see my comb in the camera? Because my hair straight now. You know, I don't want my comb was just sitting no. here. Okay. Um, <clears> okay. <throat> Back to what we have at hand. So, you've introduced a little bit about yourself. I just want to check in, make sure you're feeling good, everything good. You feel healthy, mentally I do. straight.
2: Life is life is amazing. Like, to go from, you know, a couple of years ago, graduating law school. I mean, when I talk about sort of struggles, right? My entire third year of law school, I lived here in Winter Garden
0: mm-hmm.
2: and drove to Miami twice a week. Because my wife was in Afghanistan.
0: Oh, my gosh.
2: So... We moved here, once we found out she was going to be in Afghanistan for a while, we moved here uh, because we wanted our kids to have a, a stable foundation, mm-hmm. get into schools so they could stay in those schools, you know, for the foreseeable future. And we were able to do that. And I was the one that had to struggle for a little bit. Wow. Which is, yeah, it's part of the process. And, you know, we get done with it. And now, like, to know that I am practicing law in the community I grew up in, being able to you know, grow over the last year, I mean, I am, I'll just say way beyond what my 2021 goals were for my firm Mm -hmm. as far as clients and revenue and all of that fun stuff. And it's like, this is one of the first times I was joking to my my son actually this morning when we were going uh, to his football practice. I was like, hey, I was like, you like getting, you know, all this fast food and stuff and we're done with practice and whatever. Mm -hmm. He was like, yeah, he's like, this is nice. I said, yeah, I said, this is, you know, probably the last six months, eight months, the first time in my life that even if it's the end of the month, I don't have to go look at my checking account if I want to get some fast food. Wow. (sighs) You can just go. Just go get fast food.
0: That's a blessing. And we're still in a pandemic. And like for you to say you're doing good as far as revenue is concerned in a pandemic,
2: Mm -hmm. man, bro. And I'll say too that even when the pandemic started, right, like I think all of us business owners were scared because of the uncertainty. Mm -hmm. We just didn't know. Mm -hmm. But what I will say is I never changed doing stuff for people because it was the right thing to do Mm -hmm. and not expecting anything in return. Mm -hmm. I didn't change that. Mm -hmm. I kept doing that. And now, I mean, you have folks that you never thought would send you a referral. Mm -hmm. You have folks that you got people calling you about cases. They know you're not going to handle because they trust your opinion on who are you going to send it to.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And I don't know. I didn't appreciate growing up how many folks we just didn't know attorneys.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I was like, well who who is the the attorney? I don't know. Public defender. That's who the attorney was. Mm-hmm. So, it's it's been just so eye-opening um going into next year I'm looking to hire my first full-time um office manager, person, okay. assistant, whatever the heck we want to call them, they're going to be the all everything for the firm. So, they need to have a a title that matches that responsibility.
0: Okay, man. Good luck with that. That's, that's dope. And if you're at that level where you're needing an office assistant, office manager, whatever you decide to call mm-hmm. them, that means you're bringing in some good stuff. Because now not only are you providing for your family, you're providing for whoever family mm-hmm. that is. And I think it's dope too, going back to what you were saying growing up, not knowing a lawyer and not having a lawyer you could readily mm-hmm. call and now you're that person, it kind of makes you feel good when somebody's like, Yeah, that's my lawyer. Or let me just call my friend. He a lawyer real quick. Like I get those
2: good. I get those phone calls sometimes and it's like, hey, Drewman, I, I got you on speakerphone, I got so and so here with me. They got a question. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. And I actually
1: like, did that like two weeks ago.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So the 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 fun part for me too is like these aren't folks that are calling my law firm number. Right. Like, these are folks that are calling my cell phone, that have had my cell phone since I was 18 years old. Right. And they're like, Drew, man, we don't know nobody else. We got a question. Mm
0: -hmm. And it makes them feel proud, too. I feel like, Mm -hmm. you know, because we didn't have that. So to have a friend that can just pick up the phone and say, hey, this is my lawyer, that's amazing. But I think... You will be a good guest for the show that we're about to talk about now, the topic we're about to talk about, because you have experience in the school system being Mm -hmm. a a coach Mm -hmm. um, on top of being a lawyer, too. So you will have some some good insight. So let's jump in with that first video. We're just going to take a look at this. Feel free to jump in with any commentary you might have, and we'll break it down after we look at the video. We
1: have an ass shooter incident. You have
2: confirmed New revelations about what happened inside Oxford High School just hours
0: before a shooting rampage Tuesday afternoon. Medical emergency, Oxford High School. seems secure. Investigators now saying two different teachers flagged the suspected shooter's behavior.
1: On the day prior to the tragedy, uh, a teacher in a classroom where he was a student saw and heard something that she felt was disturbing. Um, In terms of his behavior, the day of the shooting, uh, a different teacher in a different classroom saw some behavior that they felt was uh, concerning.
0: Despite those concerns, the 15-year-old sophomore was allowed to go back to class, a decision now under investigation. There's an additional piece of evidence that hasn't been released yet, but I can assure you um, it, it was troubling, it was disturbing, and unfortunately... Um, he was allowed to go back to class. Investigators say he was plotting the attack before it happened. Their evidence, a journal in His which they say crazy. he talks about
2: shooting up mm-hmm. the school and two cell phone videos recorded the day before.
1: Horrendously disturbing. Um, obviously talks about what, <clears throat> excuse me, he intends to do and and the kinds of things he's thinking about. Um, it's just uh, chilling.
0: The f- Yeah. So this is about Ethan Crumley um, up in Oxford, Michigan, 15 years old, obviously um, shot some some people in his school, some classmates as well as a teacher that he looks crazy. Like growing up and when I was in high school, I looked out for kids like this. I'm gonna be honest because Columbine was the big thing back when I was in high school and I just mm-hmm. became friends with everybody after Columbine happened because I was like, I'm not going to get shot and not to make light of the situation, but he looked crazy Um, Do you know anything about this case?
2: So I know that the parents apparently went on the run and Mm -hmm. then they were caught, I guess, in Detroit. Um, Wait, what? Hold up.
0: Yeah.
1: Why did they go on the run?
0: Because they knew they did. They raised that. And they also knew (laughs) that they they were crazy. Because they raised
1: that.
2: So Mm -hmm. the and I've read other parts, too. And one of the first places my mind went to when the the lady on the video was talking about the um, there's another piece of evidence that hasn't been released, blah, blah, blah. To me, that's the parent saying, I'm not taking him home. He needs to go back to class.
0: Mm-hmm. So let's yeah. talk about that. Wait a minute. How First, before we talk about that, how did you come to that conclusion? So Walk me through that.
2: I, I've had a couple cases. Um, none of them actually ended up being cases of mine. They were basically folks that consulted with me um, throughout the state about incidents where, you know, schools were saying that a young person made a threat against the school. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you're talking about young folks who are, um, being kids like all of the other indicators that you've seen like were very different from this young man mm-hmm. like these are regular kids happy-go-lucky kids bunch of friends bunch of whatever these aren't loners these aren't you know kids that um let's just say they're not young loner white kids mm-hmm. that keep it real that that you know bring the the type of red flags that this young kid obviously i mean
0: it's obvious. You you look you, at him. You're you don't like, you do want to mm. say it. Now I say it because that kid looked, yeah, and a little suspicious.
2: So I work in a high school too, right? Like, I mean, let me let me clarify. I don't work in the high school. I work across the street at the football stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I see kids all the time, and there are kids that when the other kids avoid them, you're like, all right, there's a reason for that. Yeah, there's a reason. Yeah, it's not an accident. Um, but to have a scenario like this, where again only developed nation in the world that has this problem of school shootings. Come on. Um, I just, there's nothing good to say about it, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're, you're you're having young people train for these events. And like I was in the army, like I understand tactically how you have, how law enforcement has to go and approach these events. Mm -hmm. Every single, and they actually showed a video. um, I'm pretty sure it was from this event where, the kids in the in a classroom had barricaded themselves in a classroom. And somebody was on the outside was like, Hey, this is the sheriff's office. You can come out now. And then the person was like, Man, bro, just come on out. And the kids were like, He said, bro, like, right. we, we ain't finna come out of this classroom. Yeah, we're not. And supposedly that. it was the shooter trying to get them to come out the classroom <sighs> oh because God. these kids are so prepared now. Yeah. They know the first three, four, five, six moves law enforcement has. Mm-hmm.
0: Man. I could not imagine that like I said when I was growing up it was it was Columbine and I wasn't quite in high school when Columbine happened I think I was in mm-hmm. middle school maybe elementary, but we didn't know how to prepare for that. So now we were preparing for hurricanes and tornadoes, which I don't know what the tornado training would have done. They just told us to crouch down, (laughs) put a book over our head. And I'm like, this is not going to work. But yeah, to train for these type of scenarios is just crazy to me. And then also thinking what has to go through a child's mind, like Mm -hmm. to think, okay, somebody can come in here and this is a real scenario and shoot up our school.
2: So one of the conversations I had with my daughter, who has since graduated high school, Uh, And it's a conversation my wife and I both had, you know, my wife's still active duty, both of us, you know, military veterans, combat deployed, all that fun stuff. And like we told our daughter, if you have an opportunity to get the heck out of the building and off the property, do it. Mm
1: -hmm. And that goes
2: completely against what the school boards teach Mm -hmm. and what the schools teach and what they practice because they care about accountability and being able to figure out who is whom. Mm
0: -hmm. I care about
2: my child being alive. That's
0: real. It's not that
2: I don't care about anybody else's child. I do. I do. But that's my
0: child. Because you want her to come home. You want yeah. him to come home at the end of the day. And the tactically smart
2: thing to do, if you can leave a scenario, is to leave. Wow.
0: So
1: they have they have actor active shooter drills at school now.
0: Yeah, they've been had that. So here's the yeah. craziest
2: part about all oh, of them, and this geez. may or may not be an unpopular opinion. I think they're useless. Mm. To have an active shooter drill
1: is useless. Why do you why do you why do you say that?
2: There's no. What does it prepare the kid for? Because there's nothing that you're going to train anybody, high school and lower, for two or three times a year that's going to prepare them for any real situation like that. You're just not. All you're doing is traumatizing them to what could happen. Any of the kids that are going to make the decision to become school shooters... They're going to have the opportunity to know every single tactic that you've yeah. prepared
0: since they were in elementary school. I didn't even think about that. So you're pretty much giving them the tools because they know like how, how you said the guy was like, come on out. This, this is the sheriff. sheriff's office. Wow. And then he knew they weren't going to go for it. And he's like, "Bruh."
2: But it's man. like realistically. And the other part that we've seen, too, is when have these instances actually saved lives? That's this, true. this training, right, that our, our kids are supposedly getting.
0: When has it saved a life? true and you know one thing i was thinking about was one this is a recent story this shooting mm-hmm. happened on november 20, uh, 30th 2021 um but i don't hear anything about the school resource officer i Did don't they hear have any them? Where, right, where, I'm not where sure. was this? Where was this? This was in Oxford, Michigan. So okay. this is in Michigan, which, to be clear, I went to Detroit, and I don't. I think this is about thirty miles outside of Detroit. My first experience with the bulletproof McDonald's was in mm. Michigan. Yeah,
1: bulletproof McDonald's. You ha-
0: I went in to order, and I couldn't even rest my arms on the counter. You know, what I'm saying, chill, figure out what I wanted on the menu because it's a whole bulletproof glass. What? So you're standing back from the counter. The food has to come out to you in a little rotator thing. So I'm like, is this whole state like this? So they know people michigan have guns Mm -hmm. so if we have a school resource officer on campus where was this person this looks like a really big school how many resource officers would have been there um but yeah i know this kind of stuff takes off really quick because i don't know how long Mm -hmm. if it was a few minutes you know five ten fifteen minutes that this shooting happened but still what are we training our officers to do
2: well here's my here's my sort of better question is even if there was an officer there what did they do what were they able to do? True. So, like for for and this goes back to some of what I talked about when I was running for sheriff here 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 in Orange County. Why are officers in schools?
0: Mm. What would you prefer?
2: Because I, I would prefer them
0: to respond back to this. But the mm-hmm. other little things that they do on campus, bullying kids, sometimes we know in the Central Florida area, what a mm-hmm. six-year-old got arrested, things like that. So those little things that they shouldn't be arresting people for, they do. But in situations like this where kids need to be protected, where are they? Mm-hmm. But that's the thing.
2: They weren't protected. Mm-hmm. And even when you have law enforcement officers in schools, kids aren't protected. Mm-hmm. That doesn't protect them. Mm-hmm. There's way more likely to be arrested or to escalate a situation, law enforcement is, than they are to actually stop anything in schools. Mm. And it's one of those conversations like, we had sheriff deputies at at my high school. We had one at my middle school. And it's just like, for what? Mm -hmm. Like, what are you stopping? If there was ever a fight, the fight was over before they got there. So who do you train, the teachers? You don't. You create a culture where you have to have community buy-in. You have to have the kids and the teachers, and the administration, and the parents. You have to have everybody on the same page. Law enforcement is not a a fix-all for, frankly, anything. Mm -hmm. It's just not. They are part of a system that we show every single day doesn't work.
1: Mm -hmm. That's a hard conversation to have because I I feel that um, they rely on the police just to fix it. Uh, Well, We have cops there, so they'll take care of it, but not like what you said was to have, you know, Better resources for the students and the parents and the the teachers.
2: Here's the other thing, too. When we were growing up, my teachers, right, there were very few teachers that I can ever remember. And I'm a relatively dominating personality sometimes, right? Like, I can be problematic. Mm. I don't remember, but maybe a couple teachers that I was ever able to kind of bulldoze and kind of get my way and kind of, you know, not even necessarily be disrespectful, but... Kind of, you know, bully into whatever I wanted to do. run over. Yeah. There were a couple. But now, I see them all the time. Mm. And part of that is, they don't have the skill set to talk down these young people. The other part of it is, too, is these young people, a lot of them are smarter. Mm -hmm. They know how to have conversations. They know how to do that back and forth. Yeah. But if you get two or three layers deep, they're out of ammunition. Yeah. They didn't see that part on TikTok. They got the first two layers. They didn't get three Mm -hmm. or four. So... Mm -hmm. It's one of those conversations that if a teacher doesn't have the skill set, in the same way if a law enforcement officer doesn't have the skill set to de-escalate a situation, well, then it's easy to just say, I can't deal with this. Let me call somebody who can. Mm. And now you're getting another person who now they have the power to enforce laws. Who also doesn't have the ability to de-escalate a situation. Yeah, because
0: they really be turning stuff up sometimes that just does not need to be turned up. And a lot of times it just comes with common sense, being able to relate to the person that you're speaking with. And if you can relate to them, you can talk them down.
2: But that's what you just said. That would require somebody to want to relate to somebody.
0: Mm. So they have to want to do it. You better. (laughs) He's spitting knowledge. You better. Come on. Mm -hmm. Let's unpack this a little bit. So he was charged. Like I said before, he's 15. He was charged with terrorism. Mm -hmm. murder
1: wait why was he why was he not killed by the police
0: i honestly don't know that and it's did he he surrender he did he did surrender but i don't know why he was was not i don't know they're not giving out a ton of facts about it yet like i said it's still fairly new at the time that we're shooting this podcast but i know what they're doing is going after those parents because those parents they know Mm -hmm. they know something
2: but but the shooter still has both of his eyes right he didn't get one of his eyes kicked out Nope. nothing
0: No bullet, no nothing. Probably went to Burger King after. I don't know. Man. So um, in the news clip, they mentioned that the day before. So November 29th, which was a Monday, a teacher had seen something that was disturbing. And I was able to dig a little bit. So apparently this kid was looking up ammunition on his mm-hmm. phone. The teacher saw it and went ahead and reported it. And just like you said, they let his parents know. Mm-hmm. So they had a counseling session with Ethan and they called his parents. Parents didn't return the phone call. The very next day, on the 30th, when this shooting happened, another teacher saw something. They actually found a, ro- a note written by him. The note contained a drawing of a semi-automatic handgun, which was uh pointing at the words, the thoughts won't stop, please help me. Mm-hmm. And it also included a drawing of a bullet with blood everywhere written mm-hmm. above it. And I think it was like also a picture of somebody being shot. Um, But the teacher saw that note took him to the principal's office. Once again, had a counseling session, called his parents, emailed his parents. They never responded. A couple hours later, this happened.
1: So on the surface to to me, I mean, you know, I don't know everything. I'm just, I'm just learning about what I saw briefly on TV and then what we're talking about now to me, it seems like the school tried, but Mm. what they can do, what they can, I guess, legally do. I mean, did they not do enough? I don't, I don't, I don't know. So don't like, know it seems like they, they went to the home. right, the right channels. But I mean, if the parents don't pick them up, what? It, so mm. I, I think it,
2: when, when I look at situations like this, right, I think about it through like, none of this stuff is easy, right? Yeah, like all true. of this is incredibly complicated. And I think it starts with um, folks that like, even for example, and, and, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot. To you, what does semi-automatic mean to you in context of a firearm?
0: All right. So I had to go back and, and read it. But when I hear semi-automatic, I'm thinking, what's the name of that boxing dude, Rocky?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm thinking the little strap thing on his chest with in that Rambo? huge gun. Yeah. <laughs> so, so <this laughs> That's is, what I think.
2: And, and part, of, part of the issue with a lot of the conversations that we have around school shootings and, and firearms in general Semi-automatic means you squeeze the trigger once, one bullet comes out.
0: Right. So then I noticed that. That's all it that, means. Because when it said a pistol, I'm like, well, I know what a pistol is. But when you say semi-automatic, I'm thinking you coming in with the well,
2: whole... And that's the thing is these words are so loaded already. Mm-hmm. Right? Like semi-automatic simply means when you squeeze the trigger one time, one round is going to leave the chamber. Okay. That's what it means. and But when we hear that, and it's like the same visualization you have, so many people have. Mm-hmm. And listen, I'll be honest. If it wasn't for the Army... I probably wouldn't right because a lot of
0: us don't really just touch guns like that on a regular basis.
2: But the other part of it too is like any of these things individually, right? So a kid looking up ammunition. Um I read somewhere that I guess he had recently got the firearm as a like a birthday gift.
0: Black Friday. Yeah.
2: So like looking up
0: Yeah, he just got it on Black Friday.
2: Looking up ammunition for a new weapon you just got, how is that any different than looking up video games for a new PlayStation? Mm. Right? Like it's a it's a part of the toy which Firearms not a toy, obviously, but like I get, it's the I get part of the present. It's part of the gift. It's a it's an accessory to the item. Mm-hmm. The same way you might look at lenses for cameras or cases for phones. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's part of the, the the project. Part of the part of the whole. That in and of itself, not an issue. The drawings by themselves.
0: Not necessarily an Wait issue. a minute. Now I'm with you on on the looking up the ammunition. Mm-hmm. I'm with you on that, especially because I'm from Tallahassee. I grew up with a lot of people that went hunting and mm-hmm. things like that. So maybe not so much. But you drawing this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. depicting that somebody could be, you know, shot and nothing. No, my thoughts won't help me. Like, come on. At least at minimum, this kid needs some counseling.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I think the like, if you look at the pictures by themselves, counseling. You look at the pictures in conjunction with He was just looking up ammunition the day before in conjunction with he just got a firearm in conjunction with his parents don't really seem to know what's going on. Mm -hmm. I think all of them together. And I don't want a Monday morning quarterback of school, but like you can't send him back to class.
0: Yeah. And that's exactly what they did each time. Even if
2: the parents demand that you send him back to class. You can't. Your obligation is not to one student. Your obligation Mm -hmm. is to the institution.
1: Mm -hmm. And. Sometimes you have to make tough decisions. That's real. And
2: even decisions you might lose your job over.
0: Yeah.
1: Did he go home and get his stuff? Nah,
2: he brought it with him. So
1: they didn't check his
2: stuff? no No. supposedly it was in his bag that day yes in his backpack and his parents found out that he had it when he got home when they so my understanding is they were actually they came to the school that morning
0: Mm.
2: once the second teacher reported the the drawing and stuff and my understanding was i guess like he scratched out part of the drawing so as to like not look as bad as it actually was
0: yeah he did alter it yeah so
2: like at that point his mom i guess they mom and dad went home and then mom realized the firearm wasn't there
0: that's what they're saying now. This is what I saw in a news article. So mm-hmm. a, a weird timeline of events. So at 122 PM that day, his mother, Jennifer, mm-hmm. texted her son, Ethan, don't do it. Mm-hmm. But already at that point, four students had been killed. Or three students had been killed, because one student died later on that day. Six were already injured. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had surrendered to law enforcement. At 137, his dad called 911 saying the gun was missing from his house and he believed his son may be the shooter. Mm-hmm. But it's like, how, if you bought that weapon, don't you have an obligation to know where it is at all times? You would think. If you, I mean, I, I don't really know how all of that, you know, works. But I would feel like that is like some sort of obligation. Like if you get a, a permit, you're supposed to have, you know, a set of laws that you abide by to know where it is.
2: So even if they're saying the firearm was for him. And listen, I full disclosure, I don't believe either one of us are, are Michigan attorneys. Yeah, um, no, we're, no. <laughs> we're, we're, we're down here in Florida hanging out. Um we have our own type of crazy down here. Mm-hmm. But with Michigan like generally it's usually if you are under 21 usually you cannot have a handgun. Mm-hmm. Usually you can get a rifle 18 to 21 generally for hunting stuff like that. Yeah. Um but it's still your obligation to maintain the security of that firearm. Exactly. And if you're a parent and you have a child that you are buying purchasing firearms for, generally that's okay but you're still ultimately responsible for the safe storage and maintenance of that firearm. Right. And here, I mean, I don't think there's a more clear way to show a failure.
0: Exactly. And, and when the gun was purchased, Ethan was with his dad. So his dad made the purchase. Um, but Ethan made like a, I think a social media post basically saying that the gun was his and, you know, Mm kind of showing it off. And then I actually want to go back to what happened on Monday, the 29th. Um, they notified his mom. His mom didn't respond back to the teachers, but she did send a text message to him. And I know it was a crazy text message. I'm looking for it. Okay. So it said, LOL, I'm not mad at you. You have to learn not to get caught. So it's like y'all knew something was going to happen. What?
2: So I, I will say this. I have just being a parent, right? And then being a football coach, like I have messages from some of my football players that out of context, it's tough. Mm-hmm. Right, like if I just looked at, it, I was like, mm, that doesn't, I don't know. So mm-hmm. like a lot of times, if I send something where if I'm laughing, if I'm joking, I'm like, you know, stop being, stop being an idiot. Yeah, you know, go to class, do the things you need to do.
0: Yeah, you talk to them on the level that you. Yeah, you, yeah,
2: and that's one of the things where a lot of folks. I am like super close with my daughter. We basically grew up together, right? Mm-hmm. Like she's, I'm barely seventeen years older than her. Mm-hmm. But like at the end of the day, I'm still your dad.
0: Yeah yeah
2: we're like we're close we're friendly like I, I love it to death but like even with my 11 year old we are super close like i spend a lot of time with this young boy but like at the end of the day i'm still your dad yeah so there's i've had conversations with my daughter where you know she may or may not have uh said a cuss word or two at towards the teacher um maybe not directly adam but you know loud enough so they could hear it of course mm-hmm. and i'm like Let's just stop being an idiot like if I don't if you're gonna cuss at a teacher for some stuff that they did, like don't get caught. Yeah. Like don't say it loud enough for nobody around you to hear it.
0: But then I'm also confident in the fact that you you're you were military, you're a football mm-hmm. coach. At some point you've learned discipline discipline and accountability. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that you've instilled that into your children as well. Um, tried Or tried (laughs) Yeah But if there are scenarios Where they might have Done something That an adult Might have found offensive Sometimes it might be Warranted Or they might be Taken up for themselves That's how my mom Raised me Mm -hmm. So it's like Okay well just Work on your tone Or this this and that You know But in this case When you knew Your child might have Some you know Antisocial behaviors Possibly maybe Been bullied I don't know I I heard that word Once with this case I haven't heard much Else after that Mm -hmm. But if you knew That this child Was going through something Dude like it's your responsibility to make sure that he's acting appropriately. But you... That's also
2: a big assumption. hmm Like, I, if you genuinely believe your kid to have these issues... And, like, I would sit, sit here and tell you, like, very rarely does a parent think their child is that messed up. Really? Like, you can have... Y'all
0: don't be knowing y'all kids be out here acting like... I don't have kids. So, but I know my
2: nephews be on go sometimes. I think sometimes <laughs> your... When you know somebody too much, Mm, mm -hmm. you know too much about their behavior and you see all the times that he reigned in his crazy. Got you. You see all the times that he could have done something and didn't. Yeah. And you rely on that more than you rely on sort of the objective. Who is this person?
0: Yeah. I got you. And And it's it's, close to it.
2: Yeah. it's. I mean, I've had high school kids that I had to call their bluff a couple of times, you know, on their sort of. I will fight anybody. I don't care. I'm an adult. And it's like, okay, well, go ahead. Oh, you didn't, okay. And it's like, you see him like genuinely calculate like, oh, is he for real? Mm-hmm. Like, and it's like, look, I would rather you learn as an 18-year-old with somebody who cares about you, mm-hmm. with somebody who wants you to be successful, I would rather you learn then Trying to fight an adult is a dumbass decision. It
0: really is, because you're not fully developed yet. You think you got more strength than you actually do. Yeah, and I mean, like
2: I said, like I spent a couple days in army. A couple days. I I, I may or may not do jujitsu occasionally.
0: Like, mm-hmm. I am confident in we protecting
2: gotta, myself. i
1: gonna
0: add that to the list too. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So gonna... Wow. <laughs> what hasn't he done at this point? Have well, you been a black woman before? Uh, no, no. Okay. No. Okay. That's the only thing that you have not listed that you have done in life at this point. Super inappropriate. But you're comment. married. We'll save that you're for... married to a black. So, I, I, close I thought, enough. I thought, I close thought. It <laughs> you know what? I just thought about it too. You know, we're gonna move on. Check. listen listen though so the prosecutor in this case her name is Karen McDonald and I believe in this case based on her name alone Karen because it can go either way you can have a Karen on one extreme or the other but at the end of the day they're always advocates they always get stuff done so I believe in her and so she made a statement she said I want to be really clear that these charges are intended they're charging the parents now Mm -hmm. these charges are intended to hold the individuals who contributed to this tragedy accountable and to send a message to gun owners that they have a responsibility. Look at them.
1: Is this the first time the parents have been charged in a school shooting?
0: Now, that is a good question. I don't see this often. And if it has happened before, I've honestly never heard of that.
2: I believe that. I believe it is. Yeah. Because there have been instances of school shootings where the firearms weren't from the home. Um, mm-hmm. There have been issues where, sometimes where they were.
1: So what kind of charges uh, do they actually have for the parents? Is it like uh, negligent homicide or what is it? I'm is it looking because like, I uh, know I wrote manslaughter it down manslaughter or something like that. I think it is. Yeah, I think it's like involuntary.
0: That's what it is. Yeah, it is.
1: Right. So is that like a what kind of in Florida? Let's just say it's in Florida. What kind mm-hmm. of what kind of sentencing is that if they're convicted of
0: that?
2: Uh I think involuntary manslaughter is still an F. Is
0: that an F two? I second degree. Right, we can just look up the statute. Yeah, real let me quick. just look at that. But, I thought it was an F three, <laughs> yeah. but. It might be F2. No, I
2: think it's at least an F2 because I'm pretty sure it's 15 years.
0: Second degree, felony, third degree felony, F2, F3.
1: Yeah. Wow. Now, I'm sure you guys don't know, does Michigan have a death penalty or no? Do you guys know?
2: Well, I'm going to pull up involuntary manslaughter Michigan law right here because that's one of the top searches on Google. Yes. Well, that makes
0: me feel good that people are actually, you know, trying to educate themselves on this. Okay.
2: All right, so it says involuntary manslaughter, also called criminally negligent manslaughter, occurs when a person is accidentally killed due to someone else's criminal negligence. Um, That's sort of the basic part of the definition. That seems like it'll be a good fit for this. Yeah, it does. Mm -hmm. And let me look up Florida just because that's...
1: Now, when that Where goes to now, that'll be like a normal trial, like a jury and stuff, right? Unless they plead, unless they plead guilty. Exactly. I, I don't know how, yeah. Is that how that works? I
2: mm-hmm. mean, depending on what defenses are, and defenses are different in different states. Yeah. Like, what what is a defense? Uh, is insanity a defense? Doesn't seem like insanity is a defense here. Um, did somebody else make him do it? I mean, I don't know. I'm sure you can make an argument
0: for the bullying, maybe like he felt pushed or something. I mean. He can make an argument that his parents, Mm. it's not him to go shoot the school up. It's not a great argument,
2: but it's also, it could, I could see somewhere where he makes the comment, um, or the parents are complaining about being called to the school so much. Like, you know, why don't you just do something about it?
0: Mm, So he felt compelled, not compelled, but he, he thought he had to take it into his own hands.
2: Yeah. Let's see here. Yeah. Felony in second degree.
0: That's what I was thinking, because I'm like, it's not intentional. So, sometimes they kind of give you a little step down from it. But, yeah. Mm. I think that this years. is a good charge. I think that this prosecutor is going to do her thing. I believe in Karen. Karen, <laughs> if you're watching this podcast, which I don't know how she would find out about us, but if you happen to watch this podcast, I believe in you. That's about the only Karen I believe in.
1: How many How many people did he... Um...
0: It was uh, four. And I actually um, included a picture of them. So, you have uh bless their hearts lord uh tate meyer 16 year old football player and honor student um apparently he tried to disarm ethan um man hannah saint juliana the youngest victim 14 years old she was a freshman you have madison baldwin 17 had just transferred to the school um last year she was a senior and she actually had four ride scholarships awaiting her for her um for a few colleges and then you have justin Schilling. he was 17 years old and he was a senior and on the bowling team so man rest in peace to them i i cannot imagine the terror that you have to feel as a child when when that's happening and i'm wondering who all is gonna sue here because i'm seeing um the school can be sued uh of course, his parents maybe. But then I also wonder, what about the victims in this case who witnessed it? Can they be charged, um, like with what do you call it—negligent or intentional infliction of emotional distress? I'm just thinking of a whole bunch of different lawsuits that can come from this. And how do you how do you bounce back as a child from witnessing something like this?
2: Well, I mean, you, a lot of the Parkland kids down in South Florida haven't ever bounced back. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's the same thing when you have professionally trained military who goes to war Mm. and people never come back from that. Yeah. I mean, physically you back, like you you here. Yeah. But, and there are some things that people just aren't
1: designed to see. Yeah. And that's one of them. Mm. Can I ask you uh, a a, a weird question, Drew? Mm. Um, As a white guy Mm -hmm. and a father, a father of black children, Mm -hmm. when you see, something like this where he went peacefully Mm -hmm. and then you see stuff what happens with black people as a white guy what do you tell your kids
2: to assume that they are going to be treated like black people are treated
0: Mm, so you keep it real real combos
2: I I don't know any other I, I, I told this story um Once when I was running for sheriff and it wasn't something I planned on telling. Um, My son and my neighbor, who's also uh, my neighbor's kid, who's also a young biracial kid, um, were seven, eight years old. They say they missed the school bus. I don't think they missed the school bus. I think they skipped the school bus because they were trying to see if they could walk to school. Where we live out in in, in Winter Garden, um, there's a Walmart like two miles away. At the time, there was a Walmart gas station. I mean, it's still there, but there's a lot of other stuff around there. But there was really nothing else built yet around there. So my son and my neighbor's son walk to the Walmart gas station. And, you know, seven and eight years old at the time. They're big for their age, but, like, they're still clearly seven and eight years old. Mm-hmm. They ended up, I guess, grabbing water from, like, the the water package that's, like, outside of the store Because, like, they're kids, like, they don't, Mm -hmm. they don't know. Um, But, like, the lady in the Walmart, like, I seen her all the time. Like, she had conversations with me every day. Like, I'm sure she's seen me with my kid in there at least once. She didn't have any issues with that. She's like, okay, whatever, they're kids. You know, y'all go to school, blah, blah, blah. Somebody called the cops on these two kids. And it was probably 8 o'clock, 8.30 in the morning. So, like, even if they're supposed to be in school, they were barely supposed to be in school at this point, right? Mm -hmm. So... Two sheriff deputies come, split the two boys up, put both of them in handcuffs.
0: Excuse me?
2: Put them in the back of their car
0: and take them to school. Not contacting any parents.
2: When they got to school, they called. Luckily, my wife was home because at the time she still lived in Georgia because she was stationed there. Mm -hmm. So I was down in Miami um, finishing up a uh, gubernatorial campaign. Uh, It's actually almost three years to the day um that this happened, and i was never able to figure out who that law enforcement officer was i did public records requests the orlando sentinel did public records requests excuse me never found out who the law enforcement officer was and like my question is you mean to tell me if i was seven or eight years old that i'd have been put in handcuffs Mm. no there's no scenario i'm putting handcuffs right and like we live in a a middle class upper middle class neighborhood like we live in a in in a nice newer subdivision Mm -hmm. and it's like now you just took these two young biracial boys seven and eight years old their very first interaction with law enforcement is separated handcuffs in the back of a car that's their first interaction Mm. and it's just like what are we doing like this is not the 80s or the 90s right like there's no scared straight like yeah. there's no none of that foolishness mm-hmm. like the stuff is bigger than that mm-hmm. and the fact that the orlando sentinel was able to confirm that yes this did happen but i couldn't ever get confirmation on who the officer was
1: why are they suppressing that information from you
0: yeah that's really weird because they want to
2: because they if- don't want me to have a conversation with that deputy
0: yeah. is it
1: because you were running for sheriff yeah, that's why. Yeah,
2: that was actually the thing that made me want to run for sheriff.
1: Yeah, one thing when, when we first met, because um, I emailed you about starting a podcast for your campaign, but like, they didn't like you, man, because no. you're going to change. No, man, I'll be real. They did not like you because you were going to change everything. You were going to change the status quo there. And I think they wanted your head. Well,
2: the working now in the criminal justice system, being seeing the criminal justice system, being a part of it, I went to visit a, a, a client. In the Juvenile Assessment Center, which is like two and a half miles from here, Mm -hmm. if that. Um, Is that coincidentally off Michigan? Yeah, Yeah. and Bumby. Yeah, Yeah, it's right down the street. Mm -hmm. When I went there, one of the guards let me in, and I said kind of jokingly, I'm like, man, I "I haven't been here since I was 16 years old. And she just kind of looked at me. I was like, what? I was like, people who come here when they're 16, they don't ever grow up to be lawyers? Mm. And she just kind of looked at me. And like... I say I shouldn't be where I'm at, mm-hmm. but also the system, you know, we say, oh, the system's broken. The system, the system's not broken. The system's doing exactly what it was designed to do yep. and it's doing it with more efficiency and more effectiveness than ever. Mm-hmm. And the reason most folks didn't appreciate the things that I was doing is because like I love Monique Worrell. She just got elected state attorney. Yeah. I love Aramis Ayala who's the state attorney before her. Mm-hmm. I know them personally like I am friends with them. Mm-hmm. But that's not where the criminal justice system starts. Right. It starts before that. Mm-hmm. It starts with the interaction on the street. It starts with law enforcement. Like what are we arresting somebody for? For driving with a suspended license.
0: Period. Like to me that should just be a civil offense. Most of the times it's because somebody can't pay a toll or can't pay a ticket. Wow.
2: Why are we arresting people? For misdemeanor amounts of marijuana, right? Why? Here's an even crazier question: Why are we arresting people for felony amounts of narcotics? Mm. For what? You can seize the drugs on site. You can write them a notice to appear. And if they don't show up, there's a warrant and eventually we're going to get them.
0: And so the notice to appear is just saying, hey, you have court on this day at this time. Come mm-hmm. to court on that day. But go ahead, go home with your family now. It's like, why Why make sure you show up.
2: Why are we arresting folks mm-hmm. in scenarios that we just don't need to? For
0: nonviolent things. Yeah.
2: And that's the, and plus, I mean, if you're under, there's a number, I won't say it on the podcast, but like misdemeanor is 20, um, 20 grams or below. Right. There's a number that's bigger than that. That if it's that amount or below, you're not going to be charged with it. So why are you even getting arrested? Because mm-hmm. it's a waste of time.
0: It's a so waste as of resources. Chair, if you would have just told people write notices to appear for nonviolent offenses, that's mm-hmm. major. Y'all could see why they didn't like you for that.
2: I also told them I would have. Uh, I would have required. So the vast majority of criminal cases that I get start with a traffic stop. Mm-hmm. It's a traffic stop. Some officer gets excited. Like, well, can I search your car? And people are like, oh, they're not going to find it. Or they're not. Or, and here's the crazy part. A lot of people share vehicles. Yes. You really don't know what's in your car.
0: Yeah. Don't
2: ever give anybody permission to search your car. Exactly. Particularly law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I drove a company car. 17 yeah. other people drive that car. I don't know what they, they mm-hmm. leave in there. Yeah. You have no idea
2: what's in there. So most stuff starts with a traffic stop. What I was going to require was if you want to search the vehicle, that's okay. Okay. If you have probable cause to do it, Mm -hmm. that's okay. But if you don't have probable cause and you want to search it anyway to try to find something, you need to get written consent from the driver. And if the driver is different from the owner, you need to get a hold of the owner before you search the car.
0: I don't think that's a bad idea. Because think about
2: all the times that something happens, something tragic happens at a traffic stop. Mm -hmm. Are we really making roadways safer?
0: Right, and they even say that that's the most dangerous time for a police officer. that's mm-hmm. where they're you know more likely to be killed. So why not cut that scenario out if you could cut it out if you really care about police officers? So
2: and that was the that was the way I framed it that they didn't like. Mm. was it was listen, if you really care about doing what's best for law enforcement officers,
0: Stop putting him in these stupid situations. Yeah, because you're you're creating this scenario. Dude, when are you running again?
2: Uh, I do not know if I ever want to run for public office. This whole lawyer law firm thing is doing well. So okay, okay. <laughs> I'm not mad.
0: So you're gonna support somebody who could? Yes, hundred percent. Okay,
2: and I would love to be in sort of a consultant relationship,
0: an advisory capacity. Yeah, yeah. So, but
2: then the other part too is like, then I wouldn't be able to take criminal cases that's real but then you would
0: feel more confident because you know that the officers that they are encountering are going to be a, a lot better hopefully hopefully i mm-hmm.
2: am not ever confident, confident of
0: that <laughs> um, I, I feel you on that
1: so before before we get into the next seven can you tell her about your law firm
2: yeah yeah so uh it's andrew darling law um i it's AndrewDarlingLaw.com. pretty simple Uh, Nice website there. Yeah, I do mostly criminal defense work. I do some civil rights work um, related to excessive use of force by police, uh, 1983 claims, stuff like that. And I mean, I have a client that was tased by law enforcement for no reason. The, the, The actual narrative on the sworn affidavit, which we could get down a whole rabbit hole about how when a cop lies on an affidavit, it's nothing. But if somebody makes a statement that is you not consistent preach. with their prior statement, they can be charged. It's it's foolishness. Yeah, because you're um,
0: empowering them to now lie.
2: That you're encouraging them, actually. Mm-hmm. And that I do some. I help folks get their driver's license back. Uh, I'm going to try in 2022 uh, to create a video series where I don't like if I charge somebody two grand to go through and find their driving record and go through every list, every cranny, file a motion to... Um, remove from collections, put on a payment plan, do all these things. Like if I charge somebody two grand for that, I could probably give them the, the template of the document that I use. I could probably show them how to do it in a video. Yeah. And if I charge three, four hundred dollars for that, like this person is saving a whole lot of money. Yeah. So like I have a, a, a process that I'm working through now to, to get that stuff finalized uh, because then I can also help anybody in the state. Mm-hmm. Right. Like not just Cause I'm not taking a driver's license case in Miami or in Broward. I'm just not. Like I'm not traveling down there for for that. I have cases in Palm Beach County. Um, I have cases in Manatee County. I have cases over in Pasco County, um, which are you know west coast of Florida basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'll travel to those cases, but those are not one and two and three thousand dollar cases. Like you know those are expensive cases. Yeah. So it's one of the the things that I enjoy is. When I'm able to go to a place that's not here in Orange County, right? It's not like, I don't know the lawyers there. I don't know the judges there. That's why folks are hiring me to come in, to come there and do that. Yeah,
0: but shake it up down yeah. there. Because I don't
2: have that obligation to be extra friendly. Play
0: nice. Yeah. yeah. And
2: like, you know, this as a former public defender. Like you work with the same state attorney every day. Mm-hmm. And you're like, same listen, judge. same judge every day. And it's like, listen, you can learn sort of the nuances of that person or those people, mm-hmm. and understand, okay, this is what's going to work in this situation, this is what's going to work in this situation. I am as calm as I am talking now, that's as calm as I'm going to be when I'm talking to a state attorney, on the phone, whatever. You can tell me you see the case differently from me. That's fine. But that doesn't mean you can get a conviction. Exactly. We, You can tell me all the, well, that your client scores out to this many months, and I'm going to offer them this and many months. try to do that
0: to scare you. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, oh,
2: Okay. Well, how many months do they score out to with a not guilty verdict? (laughs) Come on. And they're like, uh, yeah, of course it's, uh, because you didn't think about that. Mm -hmm. Go, go call your victim and tell them that you don't have a case that you think you can get a conviction on. Go tell them that. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't, I'm going to call them and tell them. Mm. I'm like, listen, what what do you want out of this situation? I'll ask somebody, you know, obviously you do the lawyer thing and make sure there's another witness to the conversation and you know, you ain't calling victims or whatever, but you ask them genuinely like, Hey, you know, listen, you don't have to talk to me. But I have a question for you. What is it you actually want to get out of the situation? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is, well, you know, I don't I don't really want anymore. OK, well, here's a declination statement. Sign this, notarize it, send it back to me.
0: But the crazy thing is what you're doing, a state attorney could do. And mm-hmm. a lot of times they're not talking to these victims. They're not even getting a good relationship with them. So then they go to trial and end up looking crazy.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Or so, the victim doesn't show up. And,
0: and like, looking Your Honor, even more crazy. Like,
2: Your Honor, can we get one more continuance? No, no. Mm-hmm. absolutely not. Dismiss the case.
0: Dude. Well, speaking of that, we're going to jump into the next segment because I I really want to ask you some questions about it. So this is my big subpoena moment. Mm -hmm. This is where I'm talking about things that just kind of get on my nerves sometimes. So, yeah. You like the picture there? That's pretty cool. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) So laws are popping up around the country now that are um, in regards to people protesting, where they're wanting people to not protest or to Mm -hmm. protest in a certain way, um, which is technically not a protest if we follow those things. And word on the street is that you've been taking some of those cases pro bono and you've been winning those cases. (laughs) So tell me about that and and generally how you feel about these anti-protest laws, especially in Florida. Yeah. So
2: our governor is a special individual. And he is. he here's the thing when when as soon as you become a, a presumptive nominee for a political party right if the first thing that you say the very first comment you make in your first interview as a presumptive nominee for for a major party is florida we better not monkey this up and you happen I, to say that
1: you said that for real? the, yes, the moment remember. the
2: morning after the other party's nominee
0: happened to be a black man yeah come on man um
2: just, you know, not an accident. And I am definitely not unbiased in this. Um, I worked on the campaign. that was unsuccessful in 2018. Um, I am very uh, friendly and familiar with the former gubernatorial candidate, his family, um, some of his friends. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm still pretty close with them. Like, they are, you know, incredibly important people to me, you know, in my life. And I wish them all the success in the world. But that's how the, the, the protest-related stuff goes. Every single thing that is in that bill, HB1, I think is what it was when it was Mm -hmm. going through. Mm -hmm. All that stuff's already a crime.
0: Yeah. So what are you doing? Like, why are you putting this in here? Nothing. You're not doing anything. You're Mm -hmm. scoring
2: political points. You're trying to make stuff. um, You're trying to silence the views of the people you disagree with. Yeah. And I want to actually see law enforcement go down to an abortion clinic and arrest the people who are standing there yelling and screaming at folks who some of them aren't even there for an abortion. Exactly. But they're there, there for regular things. treatment. Yeah. Like it, it's, there are so many different conversations that we could be having right now mm-hmm. that actually move the state forward mm-hmm. that have nothing to do with protest. So in, you know, June, May and June of, of 2020, um, our nation and the world, frankly, was, rightly upset by what I think a lot of us in this space know is a regular thing. Mm -hmm. Law enforcement kills people. Yeah. um, Regularly. And to watch it as, as brazen as it was when George Floyd lost his life, nobody is saying George Floyd is, is, is a hero or was an amazing human or anything like, but here's the thing. George Floyd was a human. George Mm -hmm. Floyd was a man. Flaws and all. The penalty for even if he had a counterfeit $20 bill, even if he was trespassing, even if he'd beat somebody up, which he didn't, and like I'm making stuff up now to try to make it sound more serious. Yeah. But like, even if he did all those things, the penalty still isn't death. Exactly. It's just not. And when you have law enforcement who is emboldened to take life and ask questions later. Mm. And I mean, there have been videos inside law enforcement training meetings where they're like if you shoot you better make sure you shoot to kill
0: which we understand why yeah if you don't have a witness it's a they don't Mm -hmm. have a side of the story there have
2: been so many instances where if we didn't have body cam if we didn't have somebody streaming on facebook live and i'm thinking about like philando castillo in minnesota yeah like if we didn't have video of a scenario for the public to look at and just objectively be like oh that really happens I mean, it's going all the way back to, to Rodney King. Like, if there was never a video of that, would anybody have known that that's what the Los Angeles Police Department was doing? I
0: feel like it would be common knowledge amongst black people because mm-hmm. we are storytelling people. Mm-hmm. So we're going to share what's going on, you know, to each other. But it's unfortunate when you have people who are the majority that don't care about it. So no, if, if that wouldn't have been broadcast to people who are white, Then, no, they wouldn't have known what was going on. But, of course, we would have still known.
2: So I'll challenge you a little bit on that. And, like, I I say that knowing, like, at the end of the day, like, I'm still a a six-foot-tall, straight, white, cis dude, right? Like, Mm. that's who I am. That's who I'm always going to be. But I'll say this. I don't necessarily think that its folks don't care. Mm. I think for, for most folks, they genuinely don't know. And I think now it's harder to not know. Yeah. Right? Like now you have very little excuse to not know. It's voluntary
0: ignorance at this point.
2: But going through like the 90s and and into the 2000s, you saw Rodney King, right? You saw a couple other videos. But I grew up in a predominantly black neighborhood. Mm -hmm. I saw this regularly. Yeah. Even like think about when The Wire came out in the early 2000s, right? Mm -hmm. Law enforcement would roll up to a corner. All the young people would go and put their hands on a wall. And basically consent to a search, not because they were actually consenting, not because they had the ability to not be searched, but because they knew that's what the process was. Yeah. Most mm-hmm. people in the country don't know that's unlawful. Like that's not allowed. Mm-hmm. And having that conversation about what really does and does not take place, there's also a, a huge empathy gap, right? Yeah. Like there's an empathy gap between, let's talk about, so here locally, and, and I think, you know, I, I say this name and people are like, Oh god, here we go. Marquis Floyd. Okay. Yeah. He's been convicted of killing his then pregnant girlfriend. Mm-hmm. convicted of that. He was recently convicted of killing uh Deborah Clayton, who was an Orlando Police Department police officer. Yes. Execution style. Yeah. Right? Like shot her once walked up to her, shot her again, um, mm-hmm. to make sure that she was gonna you know, she was not gonna make it. Mm-hmm. The most vile conduct that you can have from a human being, right? Just disgusting horrible conduct yeah okay and it was like oh we gotta go after him he's gotta punish we gotta punish we gotta punish in those situations i'm not saying he doesn't need to be punished he mm-hmm. absolutely needs to be mm-hmm. but what does it what purpose does it serve and that's the thing like you, you have conversations with people and you're like well what purpose does it serve and should he be in jail yeah there are people who should not be part of a civilized society mm-hmm. i don't think i'm You know, making anything up here, Mm -hmm. right? Like there are folks that are not capable of living in a civilized society. That's okay. There are gonna be folks that just don't get with the picture. Mm -hmm. The problem is the vast majority, and I would argue north of 75% of people who are incarcerated could function fully in a society for less cost than it costs to house them in jail.
1: Mm.
2: If they had the resources, the structure, the systems in place not to give them a hand out, but to give them a hand up, mm-hmm. right? Like to, if you have somebody who didn't graduate high school, who has no appreciable skills, who has no work experience, who doesn't have anybody in their life that has any of those things, how did you expect them to be successful?
0: Yeah. Cause they started off on the, on the tough foot there. Yeah. yeah. And
2: it's, when we talk about these protest laws, the, the protest laws here, here in Orlando specifically had uh, 20, I think it was 20 cases, I think 18 or 19 of them um, I did pro bono. Um, all of them ended up getting dismissed. Um, as did the vast majority of the cases in Orlando and in Jacksonville and in Tampa. Jacksonville
0: uh, is surprising. I'm proud of them because when I went to law school there, they were very conservative, which is one of the reasons I didn't stay up
2: there. Yeah, uh, Duval. Duval. Good old Duval. <laughs> um, so the protest-related stuff—it's you don't want to see people protesting in large numbers because it's not controllable, but Football games are controllable. Exactly. Sporting events are controllable. Concerts are controllable. Oh, but it's a protest. No, it's not that it's a protest. It's that you don't agree with what the content exactly. of the protest is. And like that sounds good until your party is no longer in power.
0: Mm-hmm. Then then you'll feel some type of way if yeah, you feel silenced. Yeah,
2: then what is criminalized.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's,
2: for me, it's a, it's the same argument when folks talk about, and there was recently a case, I was actually listening to it on my way here, uh, the oral argument at the Supreme Court um, it's a Mississippi case about abortion, mm-hmm. banning abortion uh, before 15 weeks, and instead of viability, which is somewhere around 24 weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but that conversation is like, okay, so you want this to be states' rights, and you want states to be able to go ahead and and you know do this individually. It's like that sounds good. What happens when states come in and say, okay, well, you can't have a firearm till you're 25, at all? That's no really exception. Gonna hurt the people that no hunting, no none yeah. of that. And you're like, well, but it's in the Constitution. Yeah, so is a right to privacy. Mm-hmm. A right to privacy is what allowed Roe to stand and, and and all the different things that you went through with the undue burden test and Casey. Like, These are all the things that they are constitutional. Mm-hmm. They've been constitutional. It's like, oh, because it's not written in the Constitution? Gay marriage isn't written in the Constitution. Mm-hmm. But privacy and a right to privacy has been construed to mean women have bodily autonomy
0: and you can marry who you love. Yeah. Long as it's only one person, yeah, that's it, right? <laughs> I know some people probably have a problem with that too, but that's another topic. I'm sure for they another do. Day.
2: listen, in, in this day and age, in this economy, sometimes you need three or four. Incomes. <laughs> listen,
0: man, I can't even argue with people no more. Yeah,
1: can't. we need you here for a part two. I mean. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> come back whenever you want to, man. For real, like you dropping some knowledge, and I'm just grateful that you, you know, joined us today. Look, I
1: appreciate
2: you inviting me. It's uh, it's been fun, and trust me, I Phil knows this. I can, we can talk about these things all day because. They are, they are issues that we have the ability to fix, mm-hmm. and we choose not to. Mm-hmm. And it's it's one of those things that it's probably why I'm not that excited about you know trying to stay
1: in politics.
0: Man, and, and that was not even on his list either. Political strategists, uh, polit- whatever political analysts, right. My God, I
1: need I need a, I need two paragraphs. Exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> this is the first guest that has done everything in life. President, everything. <laughs> but all right man well, it was good having you do we have sure. your socials or anything like that where people can look you up I know we talked about your website mm-hmm. a little bit but how can we get in contact with you
2: yeah so uh, all of my uh, law firm stuff is Andrew Darling Law so if you go on Facebook or Instagram and search Andrew Darling Law on Twitter I got fancy and just did Darling Law oh, so that's so cute you know close enough close enough I couldn't get Darling Law and everything else don't oh. let me lie to you <laughs> Um <laughs> Um, But if you have questions, um, go to my website, AndrewDarlingLaw.com. There's a a chat feature. There's also a um, send in your information. Or just send me an email, Andrew at AndrewDarlingLaw.com. Or, you know, be like Bill Collectors can do now and hit me in DMs and we'll talk to you
0: and see see what's going on. I feel like I need to rename you (laughs) Drew. You're just going to be Drew next time you come back. My homeboy Drew coming to the Uh, studio. uh, uh, I'm Oh, okay this is Drew. yeah all right so you already there it's official mm-hmm. and who we' gonna go ahead and wrap the show up thank you so Kyla, much where for coming can we today. Find you though yeah you can find me I am Ky life on Instagram there you go you see the little thing if you're watching also Colemanlaw.net if you need to hit me up about legal things and then if you just want to hang out with me on Facebook it's Kyla a Coleman but with that being said, we're going to go ahead and wrap this show on up.
1: All right, Andrew, we got a dance-off, though. Okay, dance out. All right, go ahead. Hey. I don't want no parts of this. I'm good. And he got the whole Miami go ahead,
2: on
0: Go here. ahead. Go ahead. Okay.
1: All right. See you next week, guys.